our best friends and next door neighbors, Willow and Lillian, spill the tea on murder, mysteries, and other things that go bump in the night. So get your favorite teacup ready and let's get into it. Welcome to Cruelty Podcast. This is Lillian, and with me is Willow. Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh. <laughs> I just want July to be over. Yeah, y'all, it's hot as hell, if you haven't noticed. I mean, if you're in the United States, I know. You've noticed. Yeah. <laughs> well, dying. I mean, the upper half of the earth. Australia is getting it really hard, and it's, like, cold and rainy right now. So all of our Australian listeners, they they haven't had a day without rain. That's and fucked. And we haven't had a day with rain. That's fucked up. And I really just wish we could hold hands for a second and share that rain. Share it. They don't need all of it. Bless <laughs> them. We have a lot of listeners in Australia. Yeah. Hi, guys. Which, hello. <laughs> Your accents delight me. I love it. Because you know what? You sound like the uh, British Texas. Yep. So I can relate a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. Good job. Uh, also to note that it is hot and we can't run the air conditioner while we record yeah. because it makes a noise and then someone would bitch. <laughs> Inevitably. Yeah. So. yeah. Mostly our producer. But yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. producer Will is just like, why would you have to make that noise? Why did you breathe so hard? So like, you know, that's what we deal with. But yeah, let's get into it so we don't sweat to death. <laughs> and talking about the weather's lame. Yeah. Um, So going with our theme of the honeymoon phase, um, this is the story of Christina Kettlewell, the eight-day bride. That doesn't sound good. No, and it is an unsolved mystery. So um, we're going to, you know, do with what we have as far as information-wise and toss around some theories. I love theories. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go over all the different theories on this case. There are tons more, obviously. It would take all day to go through all the different ones, but... We'll just pick the good ones. I'm going to hit the the main ones. I have no... I've never heard of this case, so I'm excited. This is... This was a really interesting case. This case really, like, threw me for a spin, and... I'm, I'm happy to share it. So, um, Christina was born Christina Cecilia McCann um, in Toronto, or Ontario, August 7th, 1925. So, this is an older case. Mm-hmm, this case takes place in the 1940s. And um, y'all will have to sh- uh, follow us on social media because we post the photos with each case. And the photos for this case, um, I don't know, they they brought back like that um, Dean Martin feel. Yeah, everybody I mean? was very dapper and suave. So beautiful back then. So I just, I really wish that we could bring back that vibe. It's gorgeous. But um, I don't like the bras or like wearing <laughs> heels. I'm not on that. I wouldn't want to like physically constrict my body in that way. I mean, really? I love, I love corseting, but like the, the, I ain't putting them in no pointy ass bra. No, that looks very uncomfortable. But I, I do think that it's very beautiful. Um, but yeah, she she met her husband, um, Jack Kettlewell. Um, his his full name is John Ray Kettlewell. They met whenever she was just sixteen years old. They were like high school sweethearts, kind of. They dated on and off. Um, 
but she actually was like engaged shortly to a different boyfriend on her off again boyfriend um but she just really found jack charming and he was he was um kind of smaller in stature and he was well, very shy he was shy and you know like i was always drawn to like the shy guys I'm like hey what you going on in there <laughs> what secrets do you keep <laughs> yes um and that's i think that's kind of something that she found charming about him um but when they had they had actually like committed and gone steady for about three solid years she was 22 at the time he was 26 and they decided they wanted to get married um but christina's father did not approve they were devout catholics and so they really wanted him to also be and he was not so um they didn't approve and um, so in May of 1947, they decided to secretly elope. Hell yeah. Now, before Jack and Christina had met um, when they were 16, Jack had actually met his best friend years before that. Um, a man named Ronald Barry, a.k.a. Ronnie. They, these two were inseparable since a very young childhood age until like well into their adulthood um they were, were literally inseparable they ended up graduating together they ended up moving out together they ended up being roommates roommates in air quotes perhaps <laughs> they were roommates so ronnie was always there like all throughout jack and christina dating he would go on dates with them uh-oh he would go everywhere with them red flag <laughs> I was wondering when you were going <laughs> to hoist that one up. Um, I hoisted it. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. Um, but yes, and even after Jack and Christina had met and were dating and were like super serious, Ronnie was always there. When Jack went into the army, um, he actually went into dentistry in the army, which I don't know why. I just find that really ad adorable. <laughs> like he's like, a, he's like, because he like later is considered a veteran, and I was like, what's he, what was he doing? <laughs> he's doing doing soldiers' teeth. That's, I mean, it's really important. And no, it really is. Dental health can like uh, untreated dental health can can kill you. So, um, but yeah, he, that's what he was doing. So while he was off at war, he was corresponding with both Ronnie and Christina. And Ronnie was taking Christina out on regular dates, just like Jack would. Uh, like he was kind of like in Jack's placement, like like acting and looking after Christina in Jack's place. Not in a romantic capacity. Not in a romantic that would have made way. the story no. much more fun. I know, right? Um, no, though, she, they were, they were like brother, sister, best friends. Um, okay. And, and I don't know if it was to keep her from being lonely or to make sure that she was safe or, you know, to keep her from being bored. Maybe it was just because that's just how life was. They were always together anyway. Who knows? Yeah. But Ronnie looked after her. And um, Ronnie did a whole bunch of jobs, but his main job was that he was a ballroom dancer, and I really love that fact. Okay. Um, <laughs> hey. Okay. <laughs> Can't make assumptions early, okay? I already have. It's too late. Um, so... <laughs> It was stated that Christina mentioned to her friend that she felt like by marrying Jack, she was also marrying Ronnie. She said that um, she was reported as saying, is, uh, and nobody wants two husbands. 
Girl, speak for I yourself. Like, I was like, you do not speak for us. <laughs> I want Maris to have a brother husband super badly. I would love. <laughs> that would be wonderful. You know, you got your work husband, your housework yeah, husband, your yeah, yard work husband. Sometimes they kiss. Sometimes you kiss. Oh, yes, sometimes I'd we love all for them kiss. kiss. Kissing's fun. Um, but no, she really, she was really the the third wheel. For, in this to her, it was it was intrusive, and she kind of wished it wouldn't yes, be that way. Yes, absolutely. She wanted one on one time, and she never got that. Um, and actually, most of Christina's family thought it was the other way around than, you know, what I'm assuming you're thinking. Um, Christina's family was certain that Ronnie was after Christina and that Ronnie was in love with Oh, no, with that's Christina. not what I'm thinking at no. all. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's the opposite. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. They like and they all had suspicions about Ronnie from the get go, but it was the other way around. I see. Well, they're mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Now, when Jack and Christina told Ronnie that they were getting engaged, Ronnie was just elated, like so enthusiastic about it. Like he was like, oh, my God, let me plan everything. And so he had a really big personality. Ronnie had a huge stat, like he was very tall and he had a huge personality. He was a very like big person and I don't mean like big as in physical but I mean like big presence big I get presence you. he entered the room and Jack was the opposite Jack was s- smaller in stature smaller in presence um very handsome very beautiful with a slicked back hair and everything but um he he was very like not wanting to make waves and Ronnie was all about making waves so they balanced each other out whenever they went out together but um that's just you know that's just how Ronnie was so he ended up obviously being the best man they ended up eloping and um then it was time for their honeymoon um they actually went back to the apartment that ronnie and jack shared um jack and christina (laughs) went back to that apartment stayed there for a few days went shopping did whatever and then it was time for their honeymoon getaway they were to go to a remote cottage in severn falls that ronnie owned is Ronnie going on the honeymoon? Ronnie goes on the honeymoon with them. Come on now. Well, okay, so this this cabin is very remote. You actually have to take a, a boat to get to it. It's situated in between two rivers, so you have to take a boat out there. <clears throat> and Ronnie just wanted to make sure that they got out there safely and, you know, got all the preparations for the cabin. Because it's the 1940s, so, you know, he was like... Making sure that the provisions were there. Sure, but he can then immediately leave. The idea was that he was going to spend two days there and then leave. That's okay. what okay, that's okay. what was All spoken. Right. It, at least, yeah. So, May 20th, 1947. This is eight days after the wedding. Um, a few days after them being there. Um, three days after arriving at the cottage. Ronnie is relaxing by the river's edge. He's sunbathing and he smells smoke. He looks up. He sees the cottage ablaze. Ronnie runs inside to find Jack sitting on the couch, disoriented and bleeding from a cut on his head. Christina was nowhere to be found. Ronnie grabs Jack and he carries him out to a rowboat. He takes him to the hospital. He contacts the police and um, he's treated for Jack is treated for burns and shock and a head injury and an apparent drugging. They did find codeine in his system. Interesting. Mm -hmm. 
Jack and Ronnie, as well as 20 other people from the area and people who knew Christina were all interrogated by the police. Jack was interrogated for three hours after he was released from the hospital, and when they questioned him, he couldn't remember anything after 11 a.m., and he has stood by, stood by this from that moment on. No recollection, and has never stated anything other than that. I just wanted to note that, because that does not change. Um, <clears throat> he doesn't remember an attack. He doesn't remember the house being set on fire. He, Ronnie said that whenever he found him, he was just kind of like deliriously just staring and unable to talk. Like catatonic. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ronnie was questioned for an intensive 13 hours. Jesus fucking Christ. To which he provided a 3,000 word statement. That's a lot. And this was only one of them. I think he provided another statement later on as well. But the 3,000-word the statement that he provided, the police described as, quote-unquote, fantastic. Fantastic as in bullshit or fantastic no, as in great? As in, like, so well-written. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it was, like, the best article they ever wrote. A-plus on your essay. Yeah. Fantastic. That's so weird. I know. It was the weirdest. I just had to, like sit back with that for a go, second. Like, I've never why? seen a case in which a, like, a witness statement is given that much of a thumbs up. <laughs> Good job. You did the best witness statement I've ever seen. Good job. What? I don't okay. know. Okay. <laughs> being, being in Canada must be a trip, man. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, thumbs up, Ronnie. Um, locals in the area as well as local fire departments, they all tried to put out the flames. They actually went bucket by bucket because, like I said, it's situated between two rivers. Right. It's 150 feet. Like the river is like just feet from the cabin. So they were just like hand buckets and like trying to throw it on this fire. I think the fire ate up the entire house within an hour. Yeah, it just... Boop. Yeah, that's no yeah. way... That's There's no way to save yeah. it at all. Um, but there was no sign of Christina. Gasp! Mm -hmm. Until late that night, around 10 p.m., one of the neighbors who was searching the area still by flashlight, um, he found Christina's body. Floating, lifeless, barefoot, still in her pajamas and her dressing robe, face down and had drowned in nine inches of water, 150 feet from the cabin, the back of her head was still dry. Well, that don't sit well with her me. Her feet had no signs of walking on, like, the rocky terrain, barefoot. There's, like, her feet were completely clean, no scrapes. The only, like, injury to her foot, they, she had, like, a tiny little scratch on top of her foot, not on the bottom. One scratch. And that was it. Did she have drugs in her system? She did have codeine in her system as well. And okay. um, codeine in your system, it, it gets out really quick. It does. And so it's really hard to tell, like, how much you ingested, um, especially if there's an unknown amount of time since. Um, but... Yes, so that's what we know. I'll get back to the rest later. Um, Christina's funeral took place on May 26th in the same church she got married in two weeks prior. Oh, that sucks. The autopsy report stated that Christina um, did, in fact, drown from... or um, died from asphyxiation due to drowning. Um, 
her body, like I said, showed no sign of assault, violence, burning. Her clothes didn't smell of smoke, which I don't care how long you've been in the water if you've been in a burning oh, house. Oh, it smells of smoke. It yeah. smells. Um, you can smell it. Um, and yeah, the, the fact that her hair was dry. It's really crazy. Really stuck out to me. A lot. Nobody that I saw that um, that had done covered this case really stuck on that part. Um, but it really stuck out to me. And uh, you know, um, and yeah, her clothes were clean. There was no stains. It wasn't so as like if she, she was didn't like struggle with anybody. She didn't struggle. She didn't get dirty. You know. So it appears like what happened is she got drugged and then someone drowned her in nine inches of water. Yeah. Um, or she could have been moved, drowned somewhere else and moved there. That's entirely possible too. Uh, but yeah, we'll go over theories, uh, theories in a second. Um, the inquiry for Christina's death took place a week later on June 19th after everything was processed and, or, um, a month later, I'm sorry. The media coverage during that month was huge, like in a really weird and creepy, bizarre kind of way. Like, like everybody like saw these two men, Ronnie and Jack, as like celebrities. That's really strange. Like they like when they came to the court proceedings, they were asking for autographs. Like they were signing autographs. It was just really weird. Like I didn't even see like really like what they were like pumping out as far as like headlines of like what they were glorifying about them. Maybe just their pictures alone because they were like good looking. Um, Probably, you know, maybe that was it. And was she she was good looking too. I'm she assuming. Was, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There, it was it was swarmed. Like it was completely full of people. People were spilling onto the street. Maybe it was absolutely madness. I mean, this is a fascinating case. I'm really shocked that like it didn't get any bigger than it is. Um, but also, I'm kind of not. I'll, I'll get to it. Um, but yeah, here are the theories. So there's a theory that Christina was drugged possible overdose um her family would later say that they noticed christina acting kind of out of character throughout the marriage the eight days that they were married um and that like when she was leaving her honeymoon she seemed a little off um it was noted that while in the cabin she would be dazed throughout the day and break into fits of crying now the only one that would state this would later be ronnie so grain of salt but Mm -hmm. Christina may have been dealing with some mental illness and tried to murder Jack and then commit suicide. This is a really big theory, and there's a lot of reasons why, so I'm going to go into that. Okay. First of all, um, when Ronnie left the burning building with Jack in his arms, um, he left with three letters that were written by Christina. Right? I narrow my eyes as well. Mine eyes are narrow. <laughs> yes. It's bad radio, but here we Yes, are. yes. So he left the building with three letters. Okay, so a lot of people say this as if, like, maybe he, while he's carrying Jack, he also, like, just goes and finds these letters and grabs it, too. My thought this whole time was that it was probably just in his pocket. 
You know what I mean? Like Here's it was probably thing, just though, folded up. A building pocket. is on fire. You can't find the lady. You get the guy off the couch. I don't know what would possess you unless you're trying to cover your own ass. Unless to look these for three letters. letters contained the only evidence to back your story. I don't exactly. know. Hmm. Just saying. But I'm thinking to myself that he probably didn't have these letters stashed in a room underneath a bed somewhere safe. He had them in his back pocket, and he probably had them in his pocket for a while. That's what I'm assuming. I don't think he did an extra step, no. grab Jack, then grab letters. No, that's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. No, because the house is complete. Like, the house is, like, a blaze. Yeah, and it's all wood. Like, uh-uh. there's, like, a um, a stone outline, and then um If he even chimney. grabbed Jack at all, but well, I'll put forth but my I, theories. Yeah, yeah. I will in a minute. So these three letters are very important to this case. The first letter was apparently written on Easter Sunday before their engagement five weeks before the wedding. The second letter was dated at the end of April, less than a month before the honeymoon, and was addressed, these are both addressed to Ronnie. The letter stated that she not only intended on killing herself, but also Jack. Quote, unquote, when you love someone, you really love them. And I know there is no one for me but Jack is a line out of there. She says, I cannot have him. If, if I cannot have him, I do not intend anyone else to. Girl. Okay. Has these been proven to be written by her, though? There was a handwriting analysis expert at the trial that said that it was, in fact, written by her. But I want to go into my thoughts on that right. in a second. The third letter and the final letter was written on that day or addressed, dated, on that day, um, addressed to Miss Thomas, who was their landlady. Weird. Yeah, okay, so apparently Christina had asked Ronnie to mail this letter, but Ronnie kept the letter instead. And I'm going to go into what it says, but it just, okay, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> no. Okay. When did she write the letter, hand it to Ronnie, then Ronnie went sunbathing and said, and then the place went on fire? Because this went up in fire, like, by noon. 11, 11 a.m. to noon. Yeah, none of this makes any sense at all. Yeah, it's very, it's very mixed up. Um, now, Ronnie apparently did not tell Jack about any of these letters. These were letters that Ronnie kept I from find Jack. That impossible to believe also. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Jack said that he had no idea about this. Now, insurance. How much insurance she got? <laughs> okay. The insurance theory, um, now, at the very beginning of his interrogation by the Canadian police, um, when they asked... Ronnie about the insurance policies he was like we've lost everything this is no time to be thinking about insurance it is a tragedy a life has been lost and the Oscar goes to Ronnie there was insurance of course and it was a big deal um they had actually taken insurance Jack had taken out two separate policies before the marriage of Christine to Christina each were five thousand um Canadian dollars, uh, which is a whole bunch now, um, with the in, indemnity clause and in, indemnity. <laughs> Say that word, please. Indemnity? No, I indem indemnity. 
uh, in diminutive. I'm not trying. Okay. Stop it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of those words that I can write and spell correctly, but, you know, it's hard to say. Um, it's the clause that basically says that it would be double in the case of an accident. Um, which... Indemnity? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Jack, Christina, and Ronnie were on these life insurance policies. Amazing. Weird. Mm-hmm. Ronnie had also taken out a policy on the cottage that had mysteriously burned down. He had also um, amended it, like, right beforehand for fire and theft insurance. Good idea. Because in the fire, he, quote-unquote, lost also $700. Of course he did. Which, of course, if you think about, if you if you believe in the theory that he got Jack, went back and got the letters as well, so he grabbed the letters, but he didn't grab the, the $700. $700? Okay. When this guy talked like he had a lot of money, he really didn't. Because, um, yeah, it, it should definitely be noted that Ronnie had been in the insurance business as well as the construction business and the realty business. Um, he had begun building a slew of houses um, the year prior, um, but he had ran out of money. He was very boisterous. And really wanted to, like, talk himself up. He made it seem like he had way more money than he did. And these houses that he started building all at once, uh, he couldn't even get them to the roof. He had to stop. Like, they couldn't even put the roof on whenever he was bankrupt. And that year, 1947, like, the first, like, few months of that year, his company didn't make a single cent. Damn. Damn. So if he's so good at the at these different specific industries, why he broke, you know, no, I mean, like this, this only makes sense if he's doing this for the insurance. Of course he did. Yeah, that's because he knows what he's doing. Now there is a theory of blackmail. <laughs> um, I only giggle because it's. I just. I don't believe it for a no, second. It seems dumb. Um, Ronnie told an extremely strange story about a blackmail situation in which Christina came to Ronnie asking to borrow money to pay off people who were blackmailing her. He said that in July, a year prior to the wedding, she had asked him for two thousand dollars and wouldn't tell him why at first. Um, this obviously didn't make sense because she was working at a bank at the time and only made $25 a week and could never pay off that money ever, even if she tried. So that didn't make sense. Um, she said after, after Ronnie pride, um, she finally told him that she was being blackmailed because she had been sexually assaulted by four to five men at a church gathering. This was backed up, at least to him, um, because there was a letter that she had written. um, I can't remember if it was like to her friend or to her sister. There was mixed reviews. Um, But she had basically written this letter saying that at this church gathering or church dance or whatever, um, that some sex crazed maniacs approached her. And she said, me of all people in the letter like that's exactly how she said it in the letter so Ronnie took this 
as a sexual assault, which there was no indication that there ever was a sexual assault that took place. I think personally, she just got hit on and was like, me getting hit on? Are you crazy? Also, what did that letter to the landlady say? I'll get into it. Okay. Yeah, I actually have it, like, transcript out. Okay. Yeah. But... Okay, so she basically asks for this loan of $2,000, which he does loan her $2,000 a month, every month until Christmas, which um, is a total of $12,000, which is approximately $185,000 today. Oh, I don't believe that for a fucking minute. Exactly. He said that just a month before the honeymoon in April of 1947, Christina came to Ronnie and Jack's apartment and handed Ronnie an envelope containing $10,000, saying that her blackmailers had agreed to help her pay her pay back the debt. This part doesn't make sense either. Um, he said that he had offered, um, that she had offered to deposit the money into his bank account. And he was like, okay, well, if you're going to the bank, he pulled out five grand out of his pocket and was like, here, go ahead and put that in my bank account. Where's he getting all this money? He's not. It's a fucked up story. I'll tell you why I think he's lying about this. Okay. Um, so... She apparently tells Ronnie, like, okay, I'm going to go sure. to the bank. I'm going to put this $15,000 in your bank account. And she apparently leaves and goes and does that. Um, and then the next day he came home to find Jack and Christina passed out, unable to wake them. He said that when, um, when he found them, that's when he found the suicide letter saying that Christina had tried to murder suicide via poison. And this is what the second letter says. Sorry, I got my letters confused. I got the transcript from the second letter. (laughs) But this one says, Dear Ronnie, I guess you need, I guess you read this letter, or when you read this letter, um, things will be kind of changed some. You stopped me from doing anything last time, but this time you won't know anything about it until it's all over. I hate to do this to you, as I I know the spot it will place you in, and the explanation that will no doubt have made, no doubt it would have made. No kidding. I feel a, I feel like a heel placing you in such a predicament, as you've always been like a brother to me. But what can I do? When you love someone, you really love them, and I know where, and I know there is no one for me but Jack. If I can't have him, I don't want anyone else to. I've waited years. You. I waited years, you might say, in hope that Jack would finally ask me to marry him, but I now realize that I am a passing fancy where he is concerned, and I've said many times that I can't control him, and I can't have him, no one else can, and I can't bear the thought of another girl being Miss Kettlewell. Jack is in the bedroom asleep, little knowing what is coming. I hope you won't judge me too harshly, but... You know what I told you will happen if Jack threw me aside. Please say goodbye to Miss Thomas and all the others for me. I guess there is not much more to say. Thanks for everything. I really wish things could have been different. But such is life, I guess. Don't blame yourself for anything. It certainly isn't your fault that things didn't turn out. Thanks again, Chris. Bullshit. That is the most long-winded suicide note I've ever heard of. The fact that there's three just like it. 
bullshit. With the same airy, long, windy, super light I feel like such a heel. Come on. Oh, oh, Ronnie, you've been like a brother to me. I really hate to put Don't you, you blame yourself. That sounds like something Ronnie would say. Exactly. He wrote those letters. I know. So, on the stand, Jack was asked about everything from his background, his relationship, his family, his marriage, and his relationship with Ronnie Barry. Jack admitted that he and Ronnie Barry had had a sexual relationship since they were teenagers. Yeah, not surprised. He said that he was certain that Christina had no idea about this relationship. Bet she did. Ronnie tried to say that they didn't have a sexual relationship, but it was... But then he took it back and was like, ah, okay, it was only for a little bit. No, Ronnie. (laughs) Now, the landlords come into play. This is why I think that Ronnie had to make up this crazy fucking story about the blackmail. Because the, the landlords, Mr. and Mrs. Thomas, they came on on the stand into trial and they were suspicious this whole time because uh, or the suspicions were placed on them this whole time because Mr. Thomas had codeine tablets like they were prescribed to him hmm. they were the exact same tablets that were found in the system and Mr. Um, Mr. Thomas he had actually had some gone missing surprise Now, a lot of blame was put on Christina for these um, codeine tablets. That's why the the $15,000 that never got into his bank account was trying to go into play with the that Christina was was using it for drug money. That is so much money for drugs. Yeah, especially it, codeine. Back like, then, no, it would no. it would not have cost that much. I don't buy no, that absolutely for a not. Second, and here's the thing: is that um, Mr. Thomas put his um, his prescription in just a very normal, like unassuming looking box in a very random spot, like in his house. It didn't look like drugs were in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't very obvious, so Christina wouldn't have known mm-hmm. where they were or what they were, but. Ronnie had taken Mr. Thomas to go get his prescription. He watched him put him away. He watched him. So, yeah, whenever um, Richard Thomas, the landlord, was put on the stand, he said if Ronnie, um, he said that he heard um, Christina, he overheard Christina say, if Ronnie goes on our honeymoon with us, something's going to happen. Yep. Yep. Yeah. During the inquiry, the Crown Council, which is like kind of like their judge, um, CP Hope, he focused in on Ronnie and he had his eyebrow raised at Ronnie the entire time. Um, And he called him, quote, a liar of the most blatant kind whose sinister figure permeates the whole of this tragedy to whose but to whose purpose and design are shrouded in mystery. Oh, I don't think it's mysterious at all. At all. No. Um, in the end, the jury could not agree on whether or not Christina had died of foul play or not, so the case was dismissed. Motherfucker. Because, again, this was just an inquiry. Right, an inquest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, three years after the death of Christina, Jack remarried um, to a woman, and they shared the same house that Christina and him had shared. Ew. And um, he started a family there. They ended up separating in 1969, and they never actually got a divorce. They just kind of went their separate ways. 
But Jack and Ronnie stayed together until Ronnie left for New York City in 1956. And when he left, he gave Jack's son his dog and said goodbye and was never seen again. Ever. I bet he changed his identity. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, this case would never have been even, like, like talked about, brought up ever, ever again until Jack's son's wife was just doing their family genealogy for fun. And she happened to stumble upon this story about Jack and was like, oh, holy shit. And showed her husband, Jack's son. And they were like, "Ooh, we can't we can't talk about this. Like, we can't talk about this to Jack. It was like 1992, 1993. And at this point, Jack was very old. Um, Jack ended up dying in 1998. And so they never brought it up to him because his health was deteriorating and they didn't feel like it was good for him. But it got kind of churned up at that point. And that's when people really started to like write articles about it afterwards and yeah. things like that. But I find this case fascinating. Like the fact that they got away with it, first of all. Oh yeah. They got away with it. They definitely got away with it. Now they were both in on it. Yes. That's my opinion. But I don't, I think that Jack, I don't know if Jack had, he never had the upper hand in life ever. I'll just say that. Um, so I don't know how much of the involvement he, I, I 50, 50, that is my opinion. You think so? Oh, yes. Yeah. I think I think Ronnie was the ringleader. Definitely. And this scheme, and it was a scheme. It was definitely a scheme. Because here's what I think. Here's my theory. I yes. want to give it yes, to you. Yes, that's what I wanted. Yes, thank you. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks. So, Ronnie and Jack are clearly lovers and have been since day one. Yes. Jack's trying to appear heterosexual, yes. so she's like his beard basically yeah. and you know he might have had some fondness for her as a friend or whatever he just wasn't attracted they, to her they he somewhat grew up together yeah you know but she's pushing the marriage thing yes. and Ronnie's like you're gonna have to get break up with her for good or and he suggests they go ahead and marry her and they kill her for the insurance money because yeah. they're both it sucks they're poor yeah. they don't have a lot of money and of course Ronnie never has any money because he's an idiot and so they they do this. They concoct this scheme together. Mm-hmm. And I believe that they they gave her plenty of coding tablets, probably in a drink or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they drowned her either in a bathtub and then put her out. I have a feeling it was water. like a bucket kind of thing. Something like that. It you wouldn't know? matter. She was unconscious. Yes. Yes. That's what I'm thinking. I and think then they staged. They gave some of mm-hmm. the, the tablets to Jack to, and bonked him over the head and set the place on fire. I think it was all planned. Mm-hmm. I don't think Christina wrote a single one of those fucking letters. I think that she was, you know, either held at knife point or something like that. And here's why I've, I've really looked into handwriting analysis. Mm, it's just not an exact science. It's not good. It shouldn't yeah. even be brought into court. Really? I've, I've, really I've, I've heard mixed reviews and, and a lot of people say that as well. So. To me, it's like a lie detector test. Maybe, meh, yeah. but I think that Ronnie was a con man from day one. One, and I think he could probably forge letters pretty good. I bet he forged documents all the fucking time. And I think he just found a letter she had written to him or to Jack, and he just copied that handwriting. She found He found the letter to her friend saying yes. that sex craze maniacs. That's where he come up with that whole stupid blackmail mm-hmm. story. And so that's he, where he got the handwriting. That's exactly right. And so he copied her handwriting well enough that it passed. But he, 
if somebody, because it's too risky to hold somebody at knife point and get them to write a letter, because they could just be, kill me, bitch, because that's how right, I'd be. Right, right, right. Or the handwriting would me. be very shaky, and you could tell that You the could person, tell it was under duress. Right, I looked for these letters high and low all over the internet. I mean, if anybody can find them, I couldn't. But, um... I wanted to see. I wanted to see for myself what these letters looked like. They probably aren't anywhere to be found. No. 1947. Nah. Um, the case was thrown out, so you never know. They but probably didn't keep that evidence, honestly. They probably didn't even take pictures of it, and unfortunately. Unlikely, but, yeah. Um, but that's exactly how I think it went down, and I yeah. think they both got away with murder. Yeah. I think Ronnie did it. I think Ronnie killed her. Oh, I know for a fact Ronnie did. Yeah. I mean, I don't know for a fact, obviously. He hated her because she was moving in on his boyfriend. Well, that and... He wanted the money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Period. He was desperate for the money. His his company was going under. Exactly. And here's the thing, is that all those insurance policies taken out right before, and they both took out insurance policies, they were in on it together, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I do think Ronnie was the mastermind, because it's a stupid plan, and they just got lucky they got away with it. Mm-hmm. It's not a good Well, of course, Ronnie was the mastermind. He's the one that got the coding tablets. Exactly. It was his... He bought that house just for them to do that at. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um all the insurance plans, them getting married. There was a lot of stipulation that um, the marriage was rushed for various reasons, whether it be the incident with the drugging that possibly didn't even happen. I don't think that happened. Um, I think she had been drugged because the family all stated that she did look kind of strange. I think he drugged her. I think he definitely drugged her. As a practice run. Yeah, throughout the whole time. As a practice run to see if she noticed stuff was in her food or drink. Yeah. And so that's why she was acting loopy and weird. Or she was fucking devastated and upset. And so the crying was true because she found out that they were lovers. Right. There was a story that right before they got married or eloped, um, that she had been drugged and woke up in their bed naked. And so she thought, oh, I just lost my virginity, you know, being Uh -uh. religious. See, I can see how they would have done that too. So the marriage was consummated. So it can't be like contested later. Yes. Yes. Ew. Or, or it forced her hand at getting married. That too. Because it was the night before the wedding. I bet so. Because she probably had some cold feet because Ronnie sucks. Well, that, and she didn't, she, the whole time, she didn't think Jack liked her as much. Because he didn't. Yes. This was a ruse, and it's gross. Yes. But cool case. Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating, indeed. Fascinating. Um, yeah, so the eight-day bride. How do you think she killed? She got killed. Like, how do you think they did it? Because I think there had to have been a, a time that they actually placed the body into the water, because the body wasn't in the water when they were putting out the fire. So where did they put her? There is like this missing time because at 10 o'clock, the guy found her right where they were getting water from the buckets. Oh, that's strange. You know, uh, is there any way she could have been placed in the water at a deeper level and floated down there? But her body would have shown the evidence of the water. Not necessarily. Um, You need to be... Not after a few hours. I this think is 10. 10 hours. Yeah. You know, I'm not a forensic expert. Um, I do right. know bodies bloat up in water pretty fast. Right, yeah. Um, I'd have to look that up. I mean, I look pruny as hell after a bath, so, you It's know. also, gosh, I don't know. It, it, I mean, maybe while, maybe they had an accomplice, it's possible. It's, I doubt it. You know it. what? You know what I think? Mm. Um, Jack was... Jack was only interrogated for three hours. He went back and he placed the body. Do you 
think. Yeah. Or maybe while he was in the hospital, Ronnie, Ronnie went, went back. back. That's also I, I was gonna say that or while right. he got and out. Right, and it wasn't yeah. it wasn't really like um clear across the board when his 13 hour interrogation was if it was before or after I bet it was the body because the body was found at 10 o'clock at night right so he probably put her in at night I would think so under the cover of darkness Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and say oh see she drowned yeah dumb should have put her in deeper water ding dong well it's two rivers like take her I mean, I'm not going to talk about what to do with, with a corpse. No, but that's weird. Yeah. Y- yeah. I mean, I'm glad they were stupid, but at the same time, it's like, it sucks that this wasn't solved. Because to me, it's pretty cut and dry. I mean, it maybe really, some of the details are fuzzy, but we could have, we could have sussed it out. We don't need Columbo. Right. For this one. Right. My, yeah. my dumb ass can figure it out. So it's <laughs> like, I know. But as far as like evidence is concerned and things like that, 1947, it's kind of one of those things that it was like, you know, and they had, mm-hmm. they had some forensic technology. Definitely. Then. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's kind of why I don't want to cover cases pre forensic technology because uh, then you don't get your de- definitive answer. I don't get any answers. I feel like innocent people were charged. It's probably all racist and I just don't. Okay. It's depressing to me. And uh, I just like these. I like this era of cases like yes. 20s on, yes. 1920s yes. on. It's this is really very like noir, like crime noir kind of thing. Yeah, like the, you know, the blinds and the detective's office and a day yeah, walks in. Yeah. Everything's yeah. black and white, but her red lips. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it kind of had that feel. Um, it's just super sad and totally unnecessary and and shame on them and she was she was such i mean most victims almost all all victims are like such a delight you know what i mean like they always take out the 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 ones that are great (laughs) yeah i mean not always i've I've looked into some cases where the victim was a shit right right but traditionally i guess in in crime cases that you see i think the ones that get popular again our society's really obsessed with the perfect victim and she was she was beautiful she was young and she didn't do anything wrong yeah her life wasn't even started really so sad it is so sad. But, I mean, it's sad when anyone gets murdered, even if they're shit. Yeah. It's such a yeah, waste. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I don't, do you ever sit there and you think, like, try and imagine murdering someone? It, like, makes me want to barf. Right. I don't know. Right. I, could do it. I mean, I could do it in self-defense, but I could never, like, I don't plot, even know. plan, and murder somebody. Like, that. It's the plotting and the planning. They, and they grew up with this girl. Like, I'm saying, like, they were, they like. They were her friend. They were her friend. They did friend stuff 24-7. But, you know, like, they're. There are a lot of cases where people fucking kill their friends. It's creepy. Watch out, Willard. It doesn't make me feel very comfortable <laughs> I'm not having friends. I'm not gonna kill you. Well, you could, and it'd be really easy. Yeah, uh, but like, I'm not about it. <laughs> I I'm know. Not, I, I do not like the violence. No, it's gross. You know what I like? Spaghetti. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, pasta. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. This this case was a, a doozy to stumble upon. I had never Very heard about it. Yes. Yeah, for sure. But what do y'all think? You should come on our Discord and give me your opinions yeah. on this case. Yeah, because there's so many like holes in this case. There like, are. You could go a lot think. of different directions. Our Discord. Uh, the information for that is in our link tree. Don't be scared of that link. It's just a link that opens up 
all the links we have and it's like a menu and you can choose where to go discord mm-hmm. patreon coffee if you're so kind you're like you know what i'm gonna buy these bitches a coffee oh, oh. we could use a nice coffee it's hot it'll make us make us happy cry we're poor we, we have a really cute coffee shop that's we right do. by the and we love store. supporting a local business y'all it is a local business and uh they make a mean the owner is treat. 23 and she is adorable yeah and i just want to go so give, give her my money, money. give them money that's know? right and it just makes the world go around yeah uh some brief business time y'all our patreon is a fun place to be and yes. it's just getting more fun all the yes. time uh i we just you just covered a really cool case the corpsewood manor case oh yeah it's one of my favorites it's really really interesting mm-hmm. and just the name alone corpsewood right and then before that was the hello kitty murders and i'll never look at hello kitty the same that, that was, was gross up. Um, um and like i covered the titanic conspiracy which is the best to blow ever. minds and so episode. you want some exclusive episodes we do one exclusive patreon episode a week every single week that's right uh we love to chat with our patrons on discord anyone on discord honestly super fun but patrons get a vip channel yes Mm -hmm. that's right they also get to know ahead of time what our themes are going to be so some of y'all don't know what next month's theme is no and some of our patrons have already submitted stories so if you get to be in the patreon you get to submit stories that you think are good for the next month we try and offer as much stuff we can cram into that five dollars a month as we can yeah because Mm -hmm. that's your hard-earned dollars and i know and man we appreciate it but hey if all you can do to support this podcast right now is listen well that's enough for me yeah yeah and if you have time um rating is specifically an apple podcast even if you're not listening in apple podcasts um Helps us out yeah the ratings system in apple pod specifically is um very useful so yeah because a couple it, of people were uh, you know i annoy people occasionally uh with my opinions and then yeah and i've got dyslexia and i fucked up a name or two and i got them switched around so whatever um but you know those like little little bitty stupid things they they hurt they, they really they really they lower our visibility so if you've got mm-hmm. a complaint please let us know we we definitely. are always trying to improve definitely this like those those sound complaints we took we took and we when we first started we just didn't have great equipment all were completely independent yeah uh, we have no we don't the only sponsor we have is a coffee company and that didn't give us microphones or money no. um but we got really cool coffee we did and that was fun but still like we're we're, we're creating all of this from scratch and yeah we are very so <laughs> it is not easy. So I'm just saying that, like, yeah, we're doing the best that we can with what we can. So any complaints, please let us know at our, like, email, which is in the, it was, it's in the link tree mm-hmm. also. And, and we will nice do our best. Things you can give, give compliments, too. It makes us feel good. It really does. Uh, but, yeah, I'd, I'd prefer if it's something I could improve. Maybe not destroy me in ratings over it. I'm doing my best. Yeah. Uh, but, like, give me, give me some stars. Yeah. Or just let me know how I can fix it, mm-hmm. and I will do my best. <laughs> but we absolutely appreciate you. Yeah, for I love listening. you guys. Thank you so Every much. Every single listen help helps us. Every single one of you are good to us, and we appreciate you. And we'll announce the new theme here pretty soon. And I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie, I'm really excited. About it's it. it's the the next month that we're about to do is my favorite month. It's what I've been looking forward to since day one, and I That's cannot true. wait. It's gonna be and awesome. It's my favorite theme. So I'm it's pretty uplifting, too. All it's going to be the best month. Yeah, so it's going to be the best month. I'm excited as much as us. All right, y'all. We love you. Have a wonderful night.
find us on your social media platform of choice. Linktree slash cruelty has all of the links. Check out our Patreon for exclusive episodes, merch, ad-free episodes, live ghost hunts, and much more. Please be sure to subscribe. New episodes are uploaded weekly. Thank you so much. See you next time. Music and production by Willie V.